What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jets Way podcast. I'm your host, Jake Simone, joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Sean Kennedy. Sean, what's going on, my guy? How you doing? Finally, like a slower week for us. <laughs> slower, but the, yeah, just leave it to the Jets to give us more news and things to talk about. Of course. Yeah, so we have a jam-packed show, believe it or not, Sean, because we are going to take a trip down memory lane later on in the program. Can't wait. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk about some better times. Of course, when we're talking about the Jets, we have to talk about some <laughs> of the misfortunes too, but we'll, we'll get to that later on in this program. But first, let's start off with this week's Jets news. And just recently, right before we started recording this podcast, Gary Myers, formerly of the New York Daily News, tweeted out that Jamal Adams is still looking for a new contract, but the Jets are in no rush to give him one. Sean. What's our rapid reaction to that? It sounds like Joe Douglas. It really does. I mean, the first thing is I really hope his demands aren't realistic. Because I think if they were realistic, maybe it would move along faster. But knowing Jamal, his confident, boastful self, I feel like he's really going to want like a unreasonable contract at the end of the day. But I want him back. But we really just got to see. I mean, he has two years left still. So it's kind of wild he's demanding this money. Right. I personally would have we've, – we've talked about Jamal Adams a good amount on this show so far um, since we started doing this thing. So my, my stance would have been probably to trade him for the draft. I know you disagree with me. But now that he's here, it's a tough sell for me. Now you kind of have to extend him because why it, – it's just interesting because why couldn't the Jets sit down with him before the draft – and come up with, you know, a, a plan here. Because if his numbers aren't reasonable, like, we're, why are we finding this out now? That is true, yeah. Why couldn't we find this out before the combine? We could have shopped them there. I mean, hopefully it's just Joe Douglas, like, doing his thing and taking his time. Now, now that he's here, it's tough to trade him after the draft because what are you, what are you really going to trade him for, you know? Everyone just had a draft. Yeah. And anyone that needs a safety probably drafted one. So Yeah, it's tough. It's very tough right now. Exactly. So there's two ways we could go about this thing. Number one is the obvious one. We could trade him. <clears throat> Not going to be the popular choice right now amongst Jets fans. I think if you would have traded him to Dallas <laughs> yeah. at the deadline last year, which – We were, like, preparing ourselves for a little bit. Yeah, we were start. I think if they would have done that yeah. and they got to the 17th pick this year, I, on draft night we've talked about this, I thought, you know, it could have happened again, but it, it didn't. If you would have flipped Jamal Adams into C.D. Lamb, I don't think Jet fans would be outraged. I think they would yeah, it say – would have softened the blow, definitely. 100% would have softened. I would have been ecstatic. What are you kidding me? We're, we're getting a number one wide receiver for a yeah, young it's quarterback. Tough to like, Jamal Adams is better than the 17th best player in that draft, though. That's why it's tough to do that. Is but he, like, I'm is not he better have, than C.D.? He's not top – he would be a top five pick in that draft probably. But it's not even like if his demands are unreasonable, I'm not going to have a problem with them trading him. I'm really not. Where the top safety in the draft, like what, what draft position did he go? <laughs> not in the first. Not in the first. So Jamal Adams I, I don't know. a lot better than that safety you went. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not uh, minimizing Jamal Adams here. But I don't know. If, you, if, if Joe Douglas said, look, Jamal is a great player, but where it's all about helping Sam Darnold and about offense – I, I would get it. I would. I would. Uh, I would definitely get it. So, that's pretty much where I stand. And 
my second choice with Jamal Adams, to be honest with you, is he has no leverage here. Yeah, he doesn't. He's two years left. <laughs> two years left on a contract. Like, <laughs> what's he going to do? Hold out and cost himself more money? It's, it would it, not be a good look. Yeah, it's not a good look. And, and to be completely honest with you, it's not good when your best player is not happy. That doesn't create a good environment. It gets Things could get a little chippy. Yeah. Um, some of the players might not take kindly to Jamal being a little chippy. Yeah. And, so, and in most cases, good teams keep their good players. So I really wanted to be on this team. Some good players and some good teams that have gone elsewhere and they realized – Oh, it's happened. It's happened. So, I don't know, man. I it's it's just a mess. This I don't see how this situation gets any better. To be completely honest with you, it it has to result in an extension at this point. Re- really does. So, it's it's a giant mess. So you're you're still in favor of giving him whatever he wants, or not? Or are you exploring he wants. other options? I mean, top eight safety, but that's it. Like he's not getting some ridiculous contract. You know what I'm saying? Like top eight safety, he deserves yeah. that. But like. That's what it is. And I agree with you. I, I think I would have no problem if Joe Douglas made him the highest paid safety, but the Jets can't be paying a safety quarterback money. Like that Yeah, no, no. That can't happen. Kick rocks so. and then we could hopefully get a decent hole for him and get some good picks in the draft next year. And... You have his replacement right now yeah. on the roster. You have his Ashton. replacement. You have Ashton Davis. Everyone says how versatile he is. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you and you, Perfect. You, Marcus May, yeah. we like him a lot. Me and you, we're, we're both big yeah. Marcus May guys. Extend him. It'll cost Hopefully you he fits right in. Like, I don't want to anoint Ashton Davis before he takes a snap, but hopefully he is a big part of the defense going forward with and or I without th- Jamal. And I think that's part of Joe Douglas's plan, too, to be honest. Yeah, it has too. to be. He has two safeties that are looking for new contracts because this just goes <laughs> back to the previous general manager and how terrible at drafting he was. Like, who drafts a safety with their first two picks? Back to back. <laughs> Like, what? It oh, just man. still blows my mind, man. What we're memory lane isn't for now, though. That's that's no, for later. That's coming. So that's the uh, and and Gary Myers did say a trade is it's possible. Don't rule it out. So that's where we're gonna leave leave off with Jamal Adams. It's gonna be I'm sure we're gonna hear more about this, especially yeah, now. It's far from over. It's far from over. Exactly. Some other Jets news. Logan Ryan still not on the roster. According to the New York Post, the Jets aren't willing to meet his $10 million a year. Just yeah. real quick, you know, I think that's I – mean, yeah. It goes – like, who's paying him $10 million yeah. right now? So, who, what are we going to do? Bid yeah. against ourselves? For $10 million a year, and I'm sure Joe Douglas agrees, kick rocks. You're not getting $10 million a year from anybody. Yeah, go, go sign Larry Warford. It better Warford. not be us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go sign Larry Warford. Help Sam Darnold out a little bit more. So, if that's the case, I'd like to have Logan Ryan – you know, can fly around the secondary, make plays. But if he wants the moon and the stars, forget about it. Yeah, so no way. That's that's where it is with Logan Ryan. And then on a little bit more of a minor note, Devonta Freeman is currently a free agent, the former Falcons running back. The Jets were one of the three teams linked to him. I don't really want to make too much of this. I hope we're not at that level of incompetence where we're signing running backs when, believe it or not, that's a strength – on the team is the running back position. We actually yeah. have some guys there that can, that can do some things. So what do you think? Do you think that, that that's actually true? Or do you think that maybe when they were looking for Frank Gore, you know, they were looking for a backup running back for Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman was one of the names that they mentioned. I think you're probably right. I think it was uh, from when they were like trying to sign a vet like Gore and they settled on Gore instead of him. 
Yeah, we still I mean, don't know how much Frank Gore is making. Yeah, I mean, it, it would make no sense to sign Freeman now. I mean, hopefully that was from Gore. <laughs> yeah, where, where are the carries coming from? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So we just drafted a guy, like, come on. Yeah, no. And, and believe it or not, the Jets actually still have Kenneth Dixon and Josh Adams on the roster. They have both have some experience in the league. Yeah. You know, not everyone on the depth chart is going to be a superstar here. You know, we need guys with some experience. So that's yeah, – I saw that he turned down one year four million from the Seahawks, I think, Freeman. Yeah, so to be honest with you, Frank Gore – so maybe it was all about money with Devonta Freeman um, with okay. these teams. So maybe he's looking for more than that. If the Jets if, – if money is equal here and the Jets signed Frank Gore over Devonta Freeman, that's, that's, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> I wouldn't be too happy to hear that. So Me neither. I'm going to hope Joe Douglas uh, just went with the cheaper alternative here to back up Le'Veon Bell. Now, Sean, it's time to go down memory lane, man. Let's, oh, man. It's, we're going to we're gonna go there. We're going to talk about a lot here. and it's It might get emotional. It, it might get emotional because we, we <laughs> love memory. this football team, just like all of our loyal <laughs> listeners. Sean, my first question to you when we take this trip – why did you become a Jets fan? Like, what went through your thought process when you made that decision, that fateful decision? I, so, really, the only thing I remember is my cousin was a Jets fan. He's, like, five years older than me, so he knew a lot more than me, and he kind of, like, showed me the way. And, honestly, that's all I could say is that, like, I was young. I was probably, like, seven or eight, and he just sat me down and watched football, and I played Madden with the guys in green. <laughs> Dude, I – you know, I, I we didn't talk about this before the show, but that's that's my reason too why I became yeah. a fan of this team. It's it's crazy because my my whole family they're Giants fans. Obviously, besides me, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, all my uncle, my uncle, yeah, see, my, my dad's a, a Giants, Giants fan, fan. too. Yeah. So, but my cousin, I just want to give him a quick shout out. He's a loyal listener, uh, Adam. He when when you know because I was a little bit younger than him. I I don't know his age off. I should probably know his age off the top of my head, but I believe I'm about five years younger than him. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was really big into baseball as a kid. I played baseball. I loved the Yankees. But, you know, I was just learning football. And I played peewee football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was my team, was the Steelers. And so that's why I kind of, you know, my mom bought me an Antoine uh, randall jersey when I was a kid. Okay. So I was like, you know, Steelers, you know, because that was a team I played for. I didn't know any better. I was a young kid, like seven years old. And – but I really chose the Jets because my cousin loved the Jets. Big Jets fan. He was a big Chad Pennington fan. I loved Vinny Testaverde, too. Um, you know, he nice. goes back with the Jets. And, you know, obviously as a kid, you know, you look up to, you know, your cousin. I didn't have an older brother growing up. So, you know, that was the guy. I thought, wow, this is this is the cool thing to do is, is be a Jets fan. Yeah. And when the Jets played the Steelers in that Doug Bryan game where he could have won the divisional game to get us into the AFC Championship game, that was when I really said, all right, you know what, I'm a Jets fan. You know, I obviously – supported the Steelers black and gold because I played for them as a kid yeah but yeah, when you find yourself like getting like emotional over the games you're like all right you're like I'm a fan of this team like I'm a, I became a Jets fan yeah and you know I, it, <laughs> and it's been a bumpy road ever since that's that's all she wrote and my dad warned me he said you know what there's there's a lot of pain being a Jets fan there's a lot of losing get ready for it and I yeah. said oh come on like yeah. you know they're just in the playoffs and then little do you know yeah. the Giants win another Super Bowl Shortly after that, and then the Giants win another Super Bowl shortly after oh, that. So. That was tough. And I don't know if you know, but I'm actually a Jets, Mets, and Knicks fan. Oh, <laughs> been I know. A lot, misery, a lot of misery. I know. Good thing I have the Yankees and the, the Brooklyn Nets. Lucky. Thank God. 
So just shifting gears to a little bit of a happier time, not a little bit of a happier time. Sean, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite season as a Jets fan? I think I know where you're going to go with this. Um, probably the 2010 season. Yeah. And just for our listeners, we're not these, these Jets fans that, are, that were born in the 70s or 80s. We, we weren't alive when Bill, Bar- Bill Parcells yeah, was the coach of the Jets. You know, maybe we were little kids in diapers, but we, we don't remember that type of stuff. So we weren't here for, obviously, the, you know, the Blair Thomas picks or, you know, the Kenny O'Brien era, the Bill, the Bill Parcells era. We weren't here well, for early 2000 stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Richard Todd. We weren't here for all that. So that's why our, our memories really date back to Herm Edwards. That's really the first, first guy I remember. The only coach to ever win the division for the Jets, may I add. And they traded him away. <laughs> so, so 2010, Sean, that's what you're rolling with? It has to be because there was a lot of expectations that season and we got close again. And Rex just the whole way carried the whole team and stuff. It was electric. Oh, 2010 was the best season. Man. Yeah. That was, that was the best season. And I really thought they were going to win that game in Pittsburgh. I thought there, was, too. there was no way. They just waited too long to get going. I thought there was, was no way. Yeah. And it was so cool, too, that year when we had hard knocks in the summer. I went to the training yeah. camp at Hofstra that, that year in, really? summer, in the summer. Yeah, that was crazy. You know, you had the whole Revis holdout, too, over the summer. Yeah, so I remember that in hard knocks, yeah. That was such a compelling part of the series. But I remember that that, that Jets team was so loaded, man. Oh, it was loaded. Both sides of the ball, offensive line. It was – yeah, it was – that was a really good team. I just go back to it. You know, it's kind of like hindsight is twenty twenty. But what if Brett Favre stayed with the Jets? After the yeah, what if he didn't get hurt? <laughs> what if Brett Favre? What if what if Brett Favre? You know, it would be a little bit different because Mangini would still be the coach if Brett Favre never got hurt. Yeah. Jets would have went to the playoffs. But what was their record before Favre, Favre got, got hurt? hurt? They were eight and like three. Eight and three. Yeah, they're they're eight they were three. rolling. They, they beat the Patriots on that on that Thursday night with Jericho Cotter made the sick one handed catch, the telephone catch, and that was when they came back and beat them in overtime. Um. Yeah, that was the year Brady got hurt, but still. Yeah. Um, that was the ghost of Chad Pennington. The Miami Dolphins came haunting, haunt, haunted <laughs> us, and came back and won the division. So, ah, man, that's, that's that was such a painful year. That now we're really yeah, it comes, we're on happy it all comes times rushing here. back. We're on happy times here for sure. So yeah, 2010 was definitely uh, my favorite year as a fan. That team was, um, I've never really been that emotionally invested into a team like like that one i thought that was the team that was going to do it then so just just shifting gears here um maybe maybe this maybe the 2010 season applies for this question what -hmm. is your favorite game of being a fan Mm. was this the question where we couldn't put afc championship games or no or the no, it was this was the game before the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to make this a two-parter. Okay. Um, we're gonna go with the regular season game and a playoff game, just, just Ooh, for fun. Regular season game. I mean, the last fun year being a Jets, Jets fan was five years ago in 2015. There were some good games that year. I mean, those are more fresh in my mind, really. I mean, the overtime win against the Pats, and we drove down the field and they gave us the ball to start the start the overtime for some reason. So that was pretty good. But the biggest was, memory was us being the Pats and Rex running down the field in the end zone after Sean Green puts them to sleep and he does the sleeping in the end zone. That, that, 
probably was my happiest moment as a Jets that, fan. That has to be everybody's yeah. favorite favorite game. That's our age, man. Like, yeah, that's the best playoff game. The only, to be honest with you, the previous week, the the one against the Colts, where Rex said this is personal with Peyton Manning, and I, yeah, I was, and then Sanchez let us down the field. Braylon Edwards, one of the most underrated Jets of, of sure. my time of being a fan. That guy was money. He was. He might have dropped some easy ones, but when there was a play to be made, Braylon made the play. Yeah. Um, you had Antonio Cromartie. What a, we'll, we'll talk, I, one of my favorite Jets. Antonio Cromartie was a flat-out great Jet. Yeah. I don't care what anybody tells me. Oh, definitely. Arguably, arguably his best play he made for the Jets was on special teams was that kickoff return yeah. before that. Um, so that, that, that was definitely – those have to be either 1A or 1B your favorite game so regular season yeah. as you would say regular season was the Fitz game with where the Pats def, uh, gave us the ball in overtime in 2015 yeah I'm, I'm trying to remember it's it's tough to remember regular I have, season games that long ago I have I have some good ones here um let me hear them. my favorite game ever of being a Jets fan was week two of 2010 and this was the so, game the Jets lost 10 to 9 to the Ravens the first game of the year on Monday night football and then in week two it started off rough because Revis got burned by Randy Moss. Randy Moss made the one-handed catch, and Revis pulled his oh. hamstring. And then Antonio yeah. Cromartie, one of my favorite Jets, came in and, sh- and put the clamps on Randy Moss and played a great game and kept the Jets in it. Braylon Edwards made the catch over uh, Devin McCourty and started doing the Dougie over him. Uh, Dustin Keller had a monster game. LT, look, it was vintage LT that game. And that was a game. Do you remember LT that year? Oh, ins- it was insane. Yeah. He was insane. That year. Could have had 1,000 yards if he played the last game of the year. Yeah, but, he sat out the last game. I remember that. But, but that game was so huge for that team because if they started off 0-2 after the whole hard knocks, after Rex talking all offseason, yeah. that's, that's got to be up there. And, it, you know, while we're on the subject of favorite games, sticking with the Patriots in week two, I don't know if you remember, but in 2009, this was Rex's first year with the Jets, mm-hmm. and this was the first time they played Bell- – you know what? This would probably be my favorite game, to be honest with you. It was when he said, I'm not going to kiss Belichick's rings. Yeah, I remember and that. Revis made the the interception over Moss. It was Sanchez's second game, and the Jets the Jets beat them. And we'll we'll, we'll get more into game. we'll get more into Rex Ryan later on. I'm sure because that guy is so underappreciated, man. Like definitely, he was. I I, I would oh God, what I would do to have Rex Ryan back? Is <laughs> I never wanted him look, gone. Yeah, I never wanted because look what we hired after him. Yeah. So that's, you know, some great times, man. Sean, who is your favorite Jet of all time? This is a very tough question. I have a couple names written down, but this is a very tough question. Gun to your head, man. Who's your favorite one? That's so tough. Oh. I mean, after Revis held out, that kind of like got to me a little bit. But I don't know. I think it has to be Revis. This is how good he was. Like he was the best Jets player I've ever seen so far. Man, mine's Munch twenty four. It's not even. Yeah. It's not even up for debate. Listen, it could be. I know. I know why a lot of people say Curtis Martin, yeah. but we really didn't see Curtis Martin. No, we didn't. Like at his, we didn't really see him that. You know, we yeah, were kids, we if anything. So, uh, mine's number twenty four. No doubt about it. Best Who's your corner. second. Call me, call me crazy, but my second. Like, it's not going to be anybody else's second. Mine was Antonio Cromartie, man. Like, I really think – I really loved Antonio Cromartie when he was a Jet. I think that he was so underappreciated. He was a lockdown corner himself. He just – 
obviously there's only there's only one Darrell Revis, man. Like there's only yeah, exactly. one guy that could do what Darrell Revis does. But Antonio Cromartie was a great number two corner, could have been number one corner for a lot of teams. When Revis tore his ACL, Antonio Cromartie had a great season and did eerily identical to Revis that people just don't want to look at the numbers. But that that was a big reason why Revis got traded was because Antonio yeah. Cromartie had such a great year. He was a monster for us. He was such a great leader in that locker room. A lot of guys loved him. Could return kicks. He made. He was. He always found that. He always found the football. Antonio Cromartie yeah. always had a knack for intercepting the football. You could put him against any team's number one receiver, and he's going to be a dog. You know, I, I'm a big Antonio Cromartie fan. Like, who's your second? I think Cotri. Jericho Cotri. He made yeah. the list. He made the I never list. Never wanted him to leave. He I, he made. I never understood it. Yeah. He, well, maybe you know you. That could be a question later on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he made the list for my next question, and that would be who's your most oh, okay. underappreciate uh, underrated slash underappreciated jet. So who's like a, an under the radar guy that you would say um that you is um, more your favorite player than wouldn't be somebody was, else's favorite, you know? Yeah, it was like one of those weird players that I like just got attached to for no reason. Jim Leonard. <laughs> Dude, Jim Leonard was a dog, man. He was. He had he had I don't know if he even had like two full seasons with us but his I, one full season was really good i'll tell you what when i think of jim leonard i think of i think of three things number one i think about the interception he had against the chargers when the jets went up there and beat them before going to indy the next week for the afc championship game and his helmet yeah. came off so that that's number one number two i think about jim leonard the year the jets went to the afc championship game against the steelers how he took how he broke his leg before that yeah and he was a big loss i remember him lighting up the empire state building right before the jets played the Patriots, and that was that was great, man. Um, the Empire State Building green, and then I also think about the season after in 2011. The Jets were eight and five, eight and five, and Jim Leonard uh, had a le- I forget what it was. It was either an ACL or another broken leg. As soon as he went down, the Jets lost three in a row, and went eight and eight. And we'll we'll, we'll obviously get into that year too when we get on to more sensitive stuff. Last <laughs> year, so that's uh, that's a great one, Sean. Yeah, I like Jim Leonard, man. Um, my guy, wow, this guy, let me tell you, he was, he was a big time player. I love Dustin Keller. Really? I love Dustin Keller. And he every, was good. Yeah. And it, that was Mark Sanchez's go-to. That was his security blanket guy. I mean, Jericho Cotri was too, but if you look at all the playoff games, the Jets won with Mark Sanchez on the road, what's a common theme? Yeah, Dustin, Keller. Dustin, Dustin Keller caught a touchdown pass and they were, some of them were really tough catches. And I thought that he was such a great player for them. Like, Really underappreciated by Jets management, too. I hated how it ended, and I hated how his career ended, too, with hurting his knee. Mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins, he never came back. And my mo- the, When I think of Dustin Keller, too, I think of the 08 season when he played for Brett Favre. Brett yeah. Favre was his quarterback. He said, I need to go buy a new pair of gloves because Brett Favre throws the ball so damn hard. And <laughs> I knew right away Dustin Keller was going to be a good player, and um, I don't think the Jets have really had a tight end since Dustin Keller, to be honest with you. Yeah, we really haven't. We hold Hopefully that hope. Herndon, yeah. yeah, we hold we hold that hope there. But Chris Herndon needs to stay on the field. Yeah, he saying? needs to play all sixteen this year. Yeah. So Sean, just um, just to talk about some more unfortunate times here. <laughs> what what was the most painful loss that you've ever experienced as a Jet fan? I'm going to omit a couple. Yeah, you have to. I'm not. Forget the AFC Championship games. Forget about any playoff playoff losses before that. In your mind, like, what loss said, like, damn, man, I just feel like I just got punched in the stomach. I can't breathe. Like, I, I, I hate my life. Like, that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what, what – I want to hear what you have to say. I mean, 
the one freshest in our minds, 2015. Go up to Buffalo. We just beat the Pats in week 16. And Fish just has a meltdown. And we lose that game. We should have been in playoffs. And we were 10-6. and six. We didn't make playoffs, which only the Jets, of course. But I think, I mean, it's tough because that, like, last time we were good was five years ago. And then before that, it was really five years before that, too. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there's, like, gaps. And it's hard for me to remember. So we're due is what you're saying. Yeah, we're due. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we better be. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely a painful one. Um, I don't blame Fitz as much as other people do. I blame the head coach for not having the team prepared. Yeah, and there were some drops, and it was their first cold game, they said. Oh, Brandon, it was just a lot of excuses. I saw that, too. Like, Quincy Anunua said that was, like, really our first cold game. He did an yeah. interview with uh, two guys I really like a lot, Kevin Sirkin and, and Jay for uh, NYSF, the magazine, Let's Talk Jets. So that was, that was definitely a cool interview. Go check it out if you haven't already. But the one that sticks out to me, man, is the Giants' loss in 2011. I thought that was the end of everything the Jets were building. That Rex was never the same after that. Mark Sanchez, yeah. it, it was shoddy stole Christmas from us that year, as, as far as I'm concerned. It was Brian Schottenheimer just chucking the ball all over the field with Mark Sanchez. I think he threw the ball 50 times that game or something absurd. <laughs> and I just remember the Jets marched down the field and they scored a touchdown on their opening drive. And I said, ha ha, you know, my dad's a giant fan. You know, he's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you know, you can figure how that day was. And it was Christmas Eve too, man. It just ruined my whole – like I, I was never more upset on Christmas. Like I've never been upset on Christmas, but leave it to the Jets to ruin that for me too. So yeah, that was – but I, that was the day, man. The Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown. Eric Smith – my God, just that. You know, Eric Smith just couldn't run uh, – you know, my guy Antonio Cromartie fell, but that happens a lot to cornerbacks. It's up to the safety behind him to take down the guy. Or better yet – how about any, you know what I'm saying? Like the, nobody could catch him, and it was 99 yard yeah. touchdown. That play that day, that play is haunting. It, it ended everything because if the Jets win that game, the Jets go to the playoffs. The Giants probably fire Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning. Who knows? His legacy is probably not a Hall of Famer if they don't make the playoffs that year and they don't win another Super Bowl. Yeah, and it just both franchises. It was such a pivotal game, man. That I think if the Jets hung on, things might have been different. So that that one really be hurt right. Me. That one really hurt me. Uh, sticking with some negative times. So Sean, the Jets have had a long draft history of picking the wrong guy and overlooking other guys and signing free agents, Truman Johnson. So these contracts that they don't live up to. Which one, if you have to pick one out, really disappointed you the most? Where you really said this guy is going to be a player for us, and he just flat this- out stunk. This is my clearing away number one most disappointing draft pick, and it's Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill, wow, really? Yeah, that is for sure the most disappointing. I thought he'd be good. I really did. <laughs> Golst, I mean, Golston's got to be up oh, there. Oh yeah, uh, that guy was a stiff, no doubt about it. Um, that's got to be up there. But just sticking with more recently, I'm gonna be honest with you, D. Milner. I have him written down too. I have Stephen Hill slash D. Milner, but that, yeah, that's awful. They they just traded Revis. And the guy that I was upset the Jets drafted turned out to be the rookie of the year that year, Sheldon Richardson, another guy who was vastly underappreciated by the Jets. I thought was a really good Jet. Who I, I really wish the Jets signed to a long-term deal. Um, Instead of Mo. Uh, Mo. <laughs> Mo. Let me tell you something about Mo, man. It's sad what's going on with him because, you know, I was, I was such a big fan of him, and I, I, I still wish, wish Muhammad Wilkerson well. 
Um, I went to his charity bowling event like every year. Um, he was such a good guy with the fans. He was a guy, a guy that I was, re- I was fat. We were both, I'm sure you were the same way. Yeah. I was really hitting the table saying, you know, give Mo his money. Like he's earned it. I was. It's, it's a shame what happened to him. It, it, it really is. And um, I hope, I hope, I hope he figures it out soon yeah. and gets his, his life back on track. Cause he's a good guy, but. It really uh, sucks when you like a player so much and you just want them to do good and like it, it doesn't it, work out. It sucks. Exactly, man. But D. Milner, the Jets just trade Darrell Revis. I'm bummed out about it. I don't think the Jets got enough for him. Um, I don't care that they got a first-round pick for a corner. The Jets should have got more. It's, there's only one Darrell Revis. He was the best player that we've ever – me and you, because we're not these older Jets fans where, you know, we've seen Keyshawn Johnson. We've seen uh, Curtis Martin. You know, we're not Wayne Corbett. We haven't – you know what I'm saying? Like, that was our yeah. guy. That was our guy. Yeah, the, he was. And, and the Jets hired John Idzik, who – Never should have been hired, and it it was it was it was just sad. And then I thought when they drafted D. Milner, I said, "All right, you know what? They have a plan." D. And I don't know if you if you really watched D. Milner a lot that year. Obviously, we were younger, but I remember watching him against LSU. He shut down Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, <laughs> shut him down. I'm like, wow, this guy is this guy's elite. Let's go. And then he kept getting hurt. I just kept telling myself, "This guy's not gonna be Revis. Who even knows if he's gonna turn out to be good?" And he just turned out to be god awful. So, and he and really the thing hurt. the thing with him that really let let us on too was he started to make progress towards the end of his first year. He was defensive yeah. player of the month in December, and looked like he was turning a corner. So, that's that's uh, gotta be my that's that's gotta be my number one man. There there's no doubt about it. Some definitely some honorable mentions with everything. Oh yeah, there's a long list. So, God. So just sticking with uh, some some of the more negative times here, Sean, if you had to undo one decision the Jets front office has made, that could be drafting a guy, firing a guy. Um, let me hiring think. a guy. Hire. Oh, Because <laughs> you brought up – I have the answer to the question which you just brought up, which is hiring John Isaac. <laughs> that is – that I honestly think, like – it was going downhill before that, but he like really brought us down. Like we like if we had a good GM, who knows what happens? So I said this last week and last week's show. They should have never fire Tannenbaum. They should. Have, I think. Him, I still I think him. him, him they would have figured it out. They would have figured it out. Like there's there's no doubt about it. And it's just it, it's so frustrating because I think like I said, this all goes back to the Giants loss, man. If they win that game, they're in the playoffs. And do you see Tim Tim Tebow here the next year? No, no, you don't. Definitely not. You don't. The Jets are. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm gonna get into that. You know, while we're on the theme here of that question, you know, that that game really set us back, man. It it really did. That's why you wouldn't have seen Tebow here. It would have been a whole different vibe. You would have been saying, "All right, you know what? Let's get back to the playoffs again." Three straight years with Mark Sanchez, and Mark Sanchez had career highs that year in 2011. He had career highs and touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked he, good. He had, like he looked good. Just that his I'm rookie telling, year. Just everything. Like I don't know. Exactly. Like, like all, you, it all went wrong at the same time. I feel like <laughs> it, it was just a downhill spot. That Giants game, bro, it it, it killed a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so you said that hiring Giant was it firing Mike Tannenbaum that you would change, or would you just hire a better general manager, or would you have fired I Rex? Mean, you so you would have kept Rex and hired another general manager. I mean, I wouldn't have wouldn't have had a problem if they kept both, but since they already fired him, just. Hiring that guy specifically is what really like you know what I'm saying like we could have, the, we could have gone in different directions and we chose down. <laughs> yeah, but the, the problem with the problem is that there was the same fear when they when they fired Mike Tannenbaum. 
you're not going to get A-list candidates to work with a coach that they can't choose. Yeah, that's that. why John Idzik got the job is because no one else really wanted it. So that's why I would have just I would have just given them another year, man. Like, just they would have. Fi- I'm telling you, they would have figured it out, man. I, I I have no doubt in my mind they would have figured it out. Wish we could know. <laughs> I wish, wish we could know. know. You know, that's that's definitely up there for me. If I had to, if I could change. One decision. This is going to be a funny one. You might laugh at me for this. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely up there for me. That hits my heart. But yeah, are you ready for this one? You're not going to expect yeah. this one. <laughs> so in the Jamal Adams draft. Oh, wow. The Jets drafted a safety. You're talking about pick number 10? No, a pick six. this was at pick six. Okay. The Jets are picking six when they pick Jamal Adams. And no, I'm saying who got picked ten. We passed on a certain oh, guy. Oh, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Jets needed a quarterback that year, right, Sean? My was was there anyone on the roster that? I believe so. We needed we needed one bad actually. We needed one pretty bad. The Jets had Christian Hackenberg, who was cutting the grass his entire rookie year. He wasn't practicing. <laughs> Who's also he was the fourth honorable mention of worst draft picks ever oh, he's chris nackenberg that's when you know that's when you know that's when you know things have been bad here when we yeah when there's a quarterback taken in the second round that never gets on the field and that's not the unanimous number one worst draft pick there's problems with this franchise so the jets need a quarterback pretty bad that year they had bryce petty played a little bit the year before didn't really impress anybody yeah, ryan no. fitzpatrick's old he wasn't coming back they just signed josh mccown no, a good guy but he's not He's not an answer. Yeah. There was there was two guys sitting there. Not one, but two. Not one, but two. And this is why, you know, everyone gets on the Browns for not picking these guys. But, what you know, I get the Jets drafted Jamal Adams. He's a great player and all. Yeah. The Jets should have drafted Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson with the sixth pick that year. Who I knows? Was saying, I was saying the whole time, draft Deshaun. I mean, Mahomes, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I didn't think Mahomes would be this good. but I don't think anybody did. Nobody did. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody did, but we're not. This is the this is the thing here, Sean. I get it. We didn't think that, but people that get paid millions of dollars <clears> and that this is their livelihood, they sh- they should know that. So, the Jets needed a quarterback, and they drafted a safety. Not not just one safety that year. They drafted two. <laughs> so, if the, you know what I'm saying here, like I I love Sam yeah. Darnold too. That's that's the thing that really hurts too. I love <laughs> Sam Darnold. I think he's going to be really good. There's there's no doubt about that. But he's not Mahomes, yeah. He, he like, oh god. And I guess the Jets don't get killed because we got a good player out of it. But it's crazy how much different safety that can alter your team. You know, what I'm saying it changes everything if you get a uh, Pat Mahomes or even Deshaun Watson. And we still love Sam. We still love Sam. <laughs> we still love Sam, but Patrick Mahomes. I lo- exactly. I'm a big Patrick. He's the best Holmes. QB in the league. He is. Dude, hands down the best quarterback in the league. I really think, like, you could call me. I'm caught up in the moment. I think he could go down as the best we've ever seen. I really do. Like, that guy he has is the talent. I mean, un- he has shown the talent that he can be. Yeah. It's unreal, bro. Like, and, and and he was sitting there for us, and we needed a quarterback. And, you know, even if they drafted Deshaun Watson, we'd be sitting here saying, like, wow, wow, yeah. we're, we're in business here. And I knew Deshaun Watson. You knew Deshaun Watson was going to be good. He was so good in college. Like, he got more of the spotlight, obviously, than Pat Mahomes in because he was on Clemson, but he looked really good in college. <laughs> Ah, so that's that's got to be it for me. Um, it's uh, you know a little bit more out, that's outside. That's funny. Glad that written down too. That's got to be our whole, the whole Jets franchise would would be completely be so different. Much right now. different, yeah. Would be completely different. So 
Um, just while we're on memory lane here, we got a, a couple more questions here. Sean, there's a lot of celebrities, believe it or not, that are big Jets fans. Who is your favorite? Like, let, this is more of a fun one. We're, we we okay. gotta get we gotta get a little happier here now, man. All right, so this one hits home. James Gandolfini. I don't know. There's a picture of him. I think it was Jets were home against the Cowboys, and McKnight. I don't I don't know if he blocked the punt or he picked the block. Oh, punt he up. he he blocked the punt, and yeah, Isaiah and Trufant. Isaiah okay. Trufant picked it go. up and, and and took it back. And there was like a, and they panned to him, and he looked so happy, and he was with his son or something. I don't know, but. That picture always stuck with me. Or and I think Adam Sandler too, because he always adds jet stuff in his movies. Oh, dude, I love Adam Sandler. Yeah. I, I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. Now, my guy, he's not necessarily a celebrity, okay. but I, he's a celebrity to me because I'm, a, I'm I've always been a huge fan of him. Um, more people might know him now. My guy's Joe Beningo, man. Like that guy. How that guy? The Jets have a, a fan <laughs> hall of fame right now, and he's not in it. Like, how is that guy not in the Jets Hall of Fame right now? Like, I, I love him. There's I that guy man is so soothing to the soul to listen. Even when they lose, it's like you know what Benigno's yeah. on tomorrow. Like you, oh you know, the pain, the pain, bro, bro. The He's pain. a Mets fan too. So oh we, god, he gets. I remember last year. I think it was 2019. Oh, it was last year, and we just got the news that Sam got mono. He's like, Mets better make playoffs. I'm gonna eat. The Mets better. I remember that dude. The like, Mets better make, better it, make playoffs. Like, <laughs> I remember that. Oh my God, dude! When they when they lost the uh, what was what game was it this year? Oh, when they lost the Miami game. Oh no 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 no! The Bengals game. No, oh dude, the Bengals one was because they were talking about the Bengals game, and he was like, "This the one they lose." I'm telling you, yeah, the one. He was, and then but when they had Costello on this year, and I think there was this was either after the Miami game or the or the Bengals game. And he was going on. He's like, bro, I could do it better. I could pick a better coach than Peyton Manning or Charlie Castley. They kill gays. And then he's like, uh, and then he asked him, he's like, do you think uh, Adam Gaze is still coaching this team in, uh, in three years from now? And, he, and then he said no. And then he started laughing. He's like, ah, he started yelling. <laughs> when uh, he does his high fish yell, he's like, ah. Oh, dude, that guy is Dang, that guy's the best, man. And he always gets I he, love I, him. I agree with him all the time. Like, yeah, he me too. Right, he, and he's always, he's right about Todd Bowles. Yeah. He's probably right with Adam Gaze too. And the thing with him is he's such a fan. He's like, he's a lot like us where he wants to be wrong. You know, yeah, exactly. We want to be wrong about Adam Gase, but exactly. it, we, we've seen the whole the, the same song and dance over and over again. So, uh, two two really good guys, man. And those are big Jets fans, and they are. J Lo's a big Jets fan too. Is she? She is. I, I think so. So A Rod, um, you know the Mets didn't work out. J Lo, <laughs> the Mets didn't work out. There could be a football team for sale in New York. Gary V, another guy. Hey, come come on now. Gary V. Come on, you want to you want to own a football team, or you know, I'm sure if you guys had to go somewhere. You got you wouldn't hold uh hold it hand it on over. I can't speak right now to your brother. <laughs> you know. Yeah have have you been listening to uh, Joe and Evan during quarantine at all? Or all the time, really? man. All the time. Yeah. Ever since quarantine started, I kind of stopped listening. Yeah, it's it's tough. There's really. No I was listening to it while I worked. I was just listening to Joe and Evan. I was I was a bit. I'm a big Benigno bracket of pain guy. Oh yeah, they did that for a while, right? I, I, oh, it was awesome. We, I we followed that on Twitter a little yeah, bit. We got to do something similar to that, man. Well, on a slow news day, we'll we'll figure it out. So, um, just moving on here as we wrap up the show. That was that was a lot of fun. We're definitely going to do a lot more yeah, like with, that. with with reliving. Um, you know, obviously now because there's a lot less news. Hopefully, um, you never know what this football team come out with. So next week, we're me and Sean. 
we're going to make our all-time favorite Jets team. We're going to make our own lineups. Um, we're going to we're going to compare and contrast each of our lineups. These are not necessarily the best players. This is who we really liked. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that next week. Bearing any um, unforeseen news with this football team, I got to put you it. Never know. Get, you know, you never know. So um, that was a lot of fun, Sean. Yeah, so, I like that. I like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm glad, man. I you know. I look to appease. I look to appease, bro. Very nice. Um, a new a new segment we have here, Sean, is a Q and A with we we put out on our Twitter account. If you're not following us, go follow us um, at Jetsway Podcast on Twitter. Send us your questions; we will answer them. So let let's get into it here, Sean. We got a couple of questions here. At NYJets underscore Mania asked, should the Jets pick up any veteran receivers? or build through young undrafted free agents that they have, or they can pick up. What's, um, what's, what's your answer to him? Well, it's tough to build through undrafted free agents. So I'm definitely for signing vets like Paul Regis and Taylor Gabriel for sure. I mean, there's no reason not to. And a wide receiving room is one of the worst in the league, as we all know. So why not get more bodies in here? Yeah. So you, what you're saying is you would, you would sign like a Taylor Gabriel rather than give like a George Campbell or a Lawrence Cager. Um, a crack because Robbie Anderson was an undrafted free agent at I one mean, point. At one point, so I would give him a, a chance. No, like, like I would rather them succeed than than a veteran. You know what I'm saying? But get someone yeah. in here to compete in, in like training camp and stuff. Yeah, they're both guys that have been hurt before. There's a reason. Exactly. There's no reason slight against. Uh, yeah, there's there's no slight against undrafted free agents. Um, but it's tough to rely upon them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure you know. There's the the NFL is littered. With, with great undrafted free agents. So it'd be great if the Jets can stumble across a diamond in the rough here, but you need to have insurance policy, insurance policies in place. You can't have Sam Darnold throwing to undrafted free agents. Exactly. You, you, you can't, and then expect him to take that leap year two. So I agree with you, Sean. I think Taylor Gabriel should be on this. I don't know why he's not on this roster right now. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he's better than Brashad Perryman. That's tough. Like, I, well, compare their numbers. Compare their numbers every yeah. year. Who has better numbers? Taylor Gabriel, Rashad Perriman. It's Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, Perriman's numbers have never really been there for him. <laughs> and and the Jets didn't waste no time. They went and got him right away after they lost Robbie Anderson. So, um, really good question. The wide receiver position is is a big um, concern on this team. I have my doubts. Hopefully, Mims <clears throat> could, could take um, some significant strides throughout his rookie year. Hopefully, Rashad Perriman. I don't, I don't know. I'm – uh, very lukewarm on him. And hopefully we don't put uh, too much pressure on Mims either, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and hopefully Adam Gase's playbook, like, I don't know, could help somebody out and get the most out of him. Just wishful thing. <laughs> um, moving on here to our second question. NY Sports Guru 2 asks, in 2020, we look to have a starting lineup of Darnold, Bell, Crowder, Mims, and Perriman. What's your ideal slash realistic 2021 starting lineup? I like this question a lot. Me too. That's a good question. It is indeed a good question. So, I mean, we kind of both agree that Bell's probably not going to be here, so we got to take him out yeah. and Perryman out unless he has a big year. I mean, ideally, he has a big year and we sign him back. That That's ideally. I'm not saying I expect that or nothing like that. But looking at some guys in the draft – uh, two wide receivers, Jamar Chase and Waddle from uh, Alabama. Yep. And Jamar Chase Devon, from LSU. Devon, I mean, that would be huge. Smith. Mims, Jamison Crowder, and like a first 
even second round wide receiving talent would be huge for Sam. And for running backs too, I mean, we were looking a little bit at the free agent ones, but uh, those we found in the draft too. Yeah, like, you know, how many teams have these running backs they find on day three of the draft that are sick players? Exactly. It's, I, you know, hopefully the Michael, I don't really think the Michael P. Ron, I, I hate, I hopefully I'm wrong, but he really doesn't scream feature back to me where he's going to give him the ball 25 times a game mm-hmm. and he's going to carry your offense. He's a nice complimentary piece. Those are great. You need those yeah. on your team. We'll see. We'll see. You know, like, I don't expect him to turn into that. Yeah. But. No, I, I agree with you there. So, yeah. um, just to answer his question, Mims, please, like, we, Mims hopefully is part of the plan next year. That's, oh, he that's better we, be. He better be. <laughs> um, I think Crowder will be here for another year. I think that unless, like, he, he's hurt um, yeah. this year or something like that. Um, yeah, I think him and Sam happens. looked uh, like they had a little connection you know, he really didn't have anybody else to throw the ball to. You know yeah. <laughs> so, um, so hopefully, you know, we still got Crowder. Running back's a big question. Um, like I said, the draft, the, the Clemson kid could. <laughs> like him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, you know, um, just just putting it out there to everybody that, that could be a generational running back. That'd be great. But if you look at the veteran receivers that could be available next year, we did this before, you know, before the show. Yeah. Um, just to have a little bit of knowledge on on the question here. From this is a really good question, man. Really good question. So we looked. Uh, Kenny uh, Kenny Galladay will be a free agent next year. Uh, Keenan Allen, T. Y. Hilton, A. J. Green again. Whether you want, you know, however you feel about him. There's go- Chris Godwin. There's going to be guys the Jets could sign next year, and with all this cap yeah. space opening up. If you had to pick between those guys, I'm going to take the franchise tag off the table here just for the sake of this question. So we have Godwin, we have Keenan Allen, we have T.Y. Hilton, and who's the other guy I just said? A.J. Green. And Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay. Wow. I don't know if you yeah. So who, who, who are we signing there, Sean? I mean, off, off that, my two favorite out of that, out of that group was um, – No, nah, you can only pick one. Oh. I, I, I have rules today, man. There, there's rules and boundaries. <laughs> I'm a Kenny Galladay guy, so I'm rolling with Kenny, man. Over Godwin? I, I'm, I'm a big Kenny Galladay guy. It should be noted that the year Chris Godwin was in the draft. We got our Darius Stewart before Kenny uh, and Chris Godwin. I wanted, I wanted Chris Godwin. I said he was going to be a playmaker. That's tough. If you were a fan of him before the draft and wanted him, I'd be even more pissed. Him and George Kittle. I'm telling you, man, Kenny Galladay's a he's a baller. George Kittle also a free agent, but you would think that the Niners would sign him to a long term no way long term deal. Yeah, even like so. Chris Godwin. I mean, they have Mike Evans too, but how can the lines like Kenny Galladay go? I think him and Mims are such similar receivers too, man. Like that's they the are comparison. they are. But how, bro, how can Kenny, the lines? Whoa, 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 whoa! How can the lines let him go? We're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You missed you missed one part of that that thing. What? It's the Lions. <laughs> They're more incompetent yeah. than we are. Who knows how long Matthew Stafford's going to be around, too. Yeah, I would take Chris Godwin, obviously, out of that group, but I can't see Tampa Bay letting him walk. Yeah. Um, I would take Keenan Allen, too. No doubt about it. He's a little similar to Crowder, though. Um, but, yeah, Galladay would be a big upgrade. I think T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Green, yeah. they're kind of injury-prone for me. They'd be like veteran – one year's deal, hopefully. <laughs> but I, I, to be honest with you, that's kind of the direction I would lean towards would be signing a veteran receiver next year, um, you know, pay somebody. Yeah. And then the first round of the draft, you can – because I'm not a big receiver. Obviously, this year I love my man Jerry Judy. But the receiver position in the first round, it's one of the biggest busts. 
around the league. It's it a is, tough position yeah. to hit on in the first round. So yeah, it's very tough. If the Jets could, you know, maybe get a pass rusher next year, if, you know, we've been vocal how we yeah. need one um, since the uh, birth of the show here. So if we can do something else with that first round pick and take care of free agency, uh, free, take care of receivers and free agency, I think that would be um, a smarter play. And just before we wrap up, we just want to, I just want to point out to you, Sean, Lorenzo asked a question very similar. Um, I know, did see regard, that. Regarding the wide receiver. So we, we thank him. Good friend mm-hmm. of the show. Check out last week's show if you haven't already. Um, really good spot with him. So, Sean, this was a lot of fun, man. It was. I like this episode a lot. a lot. It was a lot of fun. So next week we will be back with more fire. Um, if you like the show, please comment, rate, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We appreciate it. Follow Twitter at Jetsway Podcast. And interact with us. You know, if you got something on your mind, just tweet us. We, you know, we love we love talking to to fans. And you know, we're not like like me and Sean say. You know, we're not, um, you know, we're Experts. not Mel Kuypers here. Yeah, 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 we're not we're not geniuses here by any stretch. We're just we're ju- we just want to see this football team win. So, um, Sean, on that note, it's been a pleasure. I will see you next week, my friend. Be good. Be good, man.